Conversation with Louis Nkosi in Basel in 1999. Louis Nkosi was born in Embo, South Africa in 1936 and was an acclaimed journalist, writer and professor of literature. He lived in various African and European countries as well as in the United States. On the 11th of November 1999, he gave a reading from his novels at the Basler Afrika Bibliographien and talked about his identity as a writer and about the experience of arriving in exile in London in 1960 and returning to South Africa only in 1991. I always thought um, that writers say different things at different times. Um, I remember reading a, a piece by Gayatri Spivak in, in which she, she questions um, the legitimacy of, of identities. And I think that's where we, we were starting from when, we're, when we're, you're asking me whether I feel um, like a special kind of writer who has a certain kind of relationship to a certain place or whether I feel like an international writer. And Spivak was, was saying something that sounded to me quite profound, um, although many people have, have been saying the same thing, that we all uh, adopt uh, different positions are depending on the exigencies of the hour. That sounds very opportunistic, and I, 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 I guess it is. Um, but there are times when I feel like a black writer. There are times when I feel like a South African writer. There are times when I'm with a, a Swiss or British or American writers when I just feel like a writer, and, and, I, and I know we're sort of special, chosen uh, people chosen by ourselves, but, 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 but you know, you, you adopt these positions at different times, so there are times when you feel that your, your identity connected with your country, with the, the suffering of your people, uh, <coughs> makes you a, a special kind of writer who belongs to a special place and a, and, and a special time, and then there, there are times when you 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 say, oh my goodness, I don't want to get involved with all of this. What have I got to do with with these people? You know, I just want to write a poem. You know, I, and so you know that you, you, that different times when you when maybe the responsibilities choose you as much as you choose them. Uh, as you choose to accept. Does that make any sense? It probably doesn't. I don't know. I, I, maybe instead of, uh, of going on and on about, uh, about certain philosophical problems connected with writing, I want to... Uh, you know, to tell you a little bit about about how I left the country uh, in in nineteen uh, sixty uh, when I was going to spend a a year at Harvard, 
And I asked the South African government to allow me to, to leave the country uh, for one year. And I really I did not choose exile. Uh, I'm very suspicious of writers who, who make a song and dance about, about exile. And a lot of people have gone into exile. A lot of people have suffered in exile. But I did not uh, leave South Africa. Um, as a radical uh, person in flight uh, from the regime. I had every intention of going back to South Africa. And the South African government in those days routinely, routinely refused to, to give um, passports to, to blacks. And if I have any claim to history, um, in the South African struggle is probably um, that I was the first black person to threaten to take the South African government to court um, if they did not allow me to leave the country uh, because there, my good lawyer, uh, Harold Walby, was so angry um, that the South African government did not even have to give me uh, an explanation why they are refusing me the passport. Well, I could make a guess. I, they didn't like some of the things I'd been writing. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, it, it just, you wanted to hear why they don't want you to leave the country. After all, I mean, I would have thought it would have been a good idea to say, okay, uh, may I use the uh, a profanity? Uh, fuck off. Uh, and, and that would have, you know, that would have made sense. But why keep me in the country when they don't like what I'm doing, you know? Uh, so, Harold, um, um, like a good lawyer, you know, of course, some of you don't know enough about Harold Walpi and Joe Slover. They, they were, these were bad, good lawyers. Uh, <laughs> and they even escaped from South Africa, you know, jumped the bonds and, and so on. Uh, Harold was, I used to go and visit his uh, family and uh, whenever he was in in jail. He was periodically in jail with people like Mandela, all those bad guys. So uh, so I used to, to go and look after the children with Anne-Marie and, and keep them company. And, so. and, uh, and Harold, when he was out of jail, was so angry that the government was doing this. So, so he, he said he was going to look into, into the statute book of South Africa and find out if there is any way in which I would be able to get out of the country. And sure enough, uh, like a bad good lawyer, he found it. Um, there was a, an old uh, statute that everybody had forgotten about, which was to the effect that any South African who wanted to leave the country could do so. And the government of the day had no power to hold that person. And the, the only condition was that you have to sign a declaration that you will never, never come back to the country again. Yeah. 
So this this is how I left the country. I didn't have a passport. The, the only piece of paper was um, an exit permit saying this this man was born in South Africa and is living the country permanently. That was the only condition on which I could live. And I still remember, and I've written about this, I still remember arriving at Heathrow Airport without any passport. Uh, and at that time, we just happened to be still in the, in the British Commonwealth. Uh, so at that time, the British government was obliged to accept anybody born within the British Commonwealth. Um, so this is this is how I landed in Britain, and I still remember these immigration officials turning this piece of paper <laughs> this way and that way, trying to interrogate it to to find out what it has to say, you know, why is this uh, black man here without any uh, passport? And, uh, and in the end they consulted one another and, and they said, well, he was born in the Commonwealth and they looked through the book. <laughs> we got to let him in, you know. <laughs> so it was, that's how I became a British uh, citizen because I couldn't go home after that. And then in 19... 91, after Mandela's release for the first time, I was able to go home after 37 uh, years or so. Um, and I, I still have memories of, of my arrival in Johannesburg and thinking that the, the graves will open and and there will be all these black people running around and saying, Welcome home, Lewis and Corsi, where have you been? You know, and so, so I mean, uh, I'm so surprised, first of all, to be able to, to get home and then to find out that I was treated as a foreigner. There were all these people speaking Polish, um, uh, Hungarian, um, but they were residents uh, of the country. Uh, by now, and me, I was uh, asked to join a queue for foreigners. So for the first time, I I get home after 37 years. I arrive home as a as a as a foreigner, uh, protected by Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I I, I I I was surprised that I still connected with the country somehow. I was staying in this hotel, City Lodge, in Durban, where I was born. And, and in the morning, uh, I heard <coughs> someone singing a song, and it was unbelievable. Um, the song was... I will not go back to Zululand, that's where my, my father died. And it just seemed to me a very strange way of uh, expressing one's, <laughs> one's loyalty to, to Zululand by saying I'm not going to go back because that's where your father died. <laughs> uh, and and, and the, the African woman who came uh, to clean up the room uh, 
found me rolling about, I mean, on the floor, laughing myself sick. And, and she said, what is the matter with you in Zulu? So I told her, I said, you know, I, I'm listening to some of these songs on, on the Zulu service. Uh, and some of it is so funny, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> um, and, and there was a, a certain word that the man was introducing the song was using. And the word was, um, it, it really means layabout. But it, in Zulu, it, it means far more than a layabout. So I told my sister not to get involved with this man, because this man, Umalale uh, Paipi, the one who sleeps in the sewers, in the pipes. <laughs> so, so she found me laughing about this, because I was, uh, for the first time, I was really connecting with language that I hadn't used for such a long time, and to hear these songs made me, you know, laugh so much, you know.